like, oh, another LS swap, another LS swap. Now you're starting to see memes where it's like, when you find out it costs more than just the $450 for the motor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not near as simple and straightforward as it is just to pluck a, you know, a junkyard LS and just toss it in the hole. No. Like there's so much more involved in it. And you're discovering that along the way on your journey, right? I mean, it's, oh, yeah. you know, how much of a headache was it for you just to find exhaust manifolds that would work in your situation? Don't even get me started, right? I mean, how, ma- how many yeah. versions did you have to go through? Literally, yeah. Welcome back to another episode on Modify with Trick Factory Customs. <laughs> Uh, welcome to a brand new new year. This is the first podcast we're doing in 2024. 2024. Yes, um, we've done over 60 episodes so far. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, we were gone for a little while, but we're back. We are back and we are going to be talking about, as usual, modified cars, because that's what we talk about on this podcast. If it's your first time watching or listening, we're a custom shop based here in British Columbia, Canada. And uh, yeah, we just love talking about cars. You'll notice we're in a new podcast space. Temporary but, podcast uh, but space. Elvis hates it. Elvis hates <laughs> it. So what we need is your feedback. Do we create a dedicated podcast space or what do you want to do? Keep it dynamic and float around yeah, the shop. Yeah, dynamic. And use the shop as the backdrop exactly. for our podcast. Yes. Yeah, so in essence, the the thought right now is to use kind of like this space because we have as, it. Uh, because we have it. It was a space not being used, and so there's a garage here. I think Tim initially, or he wants to put like a massive backdrop or something. Yeah, we'll do some of a car or branding or something. Sort of consolidate some of our cool things into this one space. Or do you prefer we do it in the shop with the cars beside us? And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're literally you can check out our YouTube channel, Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If you're listening to this on any other podcast platform, so you can see what we're talking about. But we used to use uh, a place inside the shop, but it was just static. We never moved it until the cars kind of got. They were there for a long time. Because yeah. those are our cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we could potentially do this in the working shop where you know the environment's always changing but or do it even closer to the cars like right next to the cars and switch out the cars each week so you can kind of see i don't know why don't we the do different cars inside the cars inside the car <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be kind of hard for lighting reasons and a bunch of other things also i just noticed the acoustics here are way more echoey ah ah it's kind of more echoey i'm like hearing it through my headset but uh yeah so let us know what you think and on this episode, we are going to be discussing uh, LS swaps. We've talked about LS swaps a lot, a lot in the past. Not a lot. Maybe well, we made like an episode. Coming into the new year, <clears throat> yes, we were given a breakdown of our most popular episode of 2023. Yes. So that's why we're going into this one talking about LSs because LS swaps was our most listened to podcast of 2023. And as we know, LS swaps are very easy. Or super are easy. they? They're, <laughs> they're super easily dismissed because people are like, oh, just another LS swap. So I think what we're going to talk about, and you are going to be our victim today. Oh, gosh. Because you're you're guilty of this, too. <laughs> LS swaps are easy, man. It's like yeah. a cop-out. Just throw it So easy. It. Just throw it, and that's pretty much it. So you tell us how easy it is, Elvis. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we're going to dig into today. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that today. Before we dive into the topic, as usual, mm-hmm. What's been happening? How was uh, the holiday break? What's going on? Well, as being an owner of a custom shop, 
I didn't have a holiday break. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was here every single day except for Christmas. Christmas Day. There wasn't a lot of work done. We we're just here. Yeah. <laughs> just just here and kind of like, you know, just kicking around the shop a little bit, doing little Reflecting things. Reflecting on the last year. Mm. And here where we live, we didn't even get snow, I know, which was sad. Really, really strange. I didn't have any problem with it because last year, <sighs> I popped in on Christmas Eve last Christmas year. Eve. You and I came in, and the shop was flooded. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a heavy rain day after like a week of heavy snow dump, and our building, the the roof was was protesting heavily. We had like yeah, six was- major major leaks in our shop and Dude, sadly sure. like and, and yeah. fortunately we came in because one of them was leaking directly into an open window of one of our customers cars how was your christmas break it was glorious it was glorious mm, got to smoke some turkey it was oh, mind you're going somewhere else with that smoke <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> that's a different podcast that's a different podcast uh, yeah. but no it was good uh got to work on my jag my ls swapped jag yeah. i witnessed it yeah i, I saw it too i saw it too. yeah managed to get far oh uh, not far uh, yeah i feel like you, I got you made a, you made some steps yes i finished my fuel system Mm. Oh, you finished it? Yes, Ooh. it is. In theory, it's finished. I haven't checked for any leaks or uh, anything. Okay. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I also realized I made a mistake. I, when I was making the AN lines, I forgot to blow air out of one of them. So I was oh. like, shoot, I need to take it apart and yeah, redo it again. But for the most part, the fuel system is all plumbed. And in theory, you could flow fuel to it. So Dust what you bite. should do before you forget is take a piece of masking tape or something and a Sharpie mm. and write on it. Yeah. Disassemble fuel line and blow it out and put that right on the windshield of your vehicle so you can't even start it without seeing it. Smart. So I don't Because it's probably going to be, what, at least seven or eight months before you start your car? No, man. Yeah. So you're probably going to forget. No. Oh, no, 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 no. And if you do not know, Tim and I made a bet, actually, uh-huh. um, that if... I get my car running before Steve. So Steve is another guy that works with us. And uh, he's also doing LS swap. Yes, he's, but he's doing a twin turbo LS swap to a truck of his. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I feel like he has a, a while to go on that, but it's easy because his truck, not it's easy, but his truck comes with all that. You can buy everything for an LS swap, like the mounts, all of that for his truck. And so with me, I, I have to, modify i feel pretty like pretty sure they did the same does. for your car didn't they yeah they huh? do make a kit for your no car. but it's 350 stuff i had to make my um, we have to modify it to fit the ls um and there's still a bunch to, of things that we to need see to do a, a whole laundry list of excuses oh my god <laughs> i think this goes in the column as to why it's not easy yeah, yeah. It's, it's not done yet but i know i could get that thing running next week if i want to i've heard that like nine <laughs> weekends in a row <laughs> so yes we do have it and it has to be according to, to initially it was just if it runs no no no, no that's no, no. when runs means up. drives it has to oh, drive man. nah this was a, this is different man you can't use your jaguar as an engine stand <laughs> that is not how it works it has to move under its own power now that you mentioned it sure <laughs> after we had already decided hey the, the rule still rules applies to me too i will make sure steve's truck runs and drives sweet okay oh it's i just got my wiring harness it just uh arrived i think yesterday so i will be plugging it in 
probably sometime next week hopefully that's cool man. we'll see what happens i'm, I'm pumped for you man <laughs> like i i desperately want to see that jaguar of yours do a fucking smoky burnout yes i think probably in another i don't know month we'll get started on steve's well, okay, okay it's kind of like bracket racing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like elvis yeah. started back here like that's an interesting analogy <laughs> and once he gets around here we're like <laughs> Wow, so you're giving me a heads up before. Yeah, it's heads my up. My heads man. up racing. Okay, yeah. cool. But I think it's going to be done at some point. Or I'm going to hopefully test fire it at some point this month, next month. I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's still a bunch. I just wrote out a whole list of things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of stuff that you have to do. Even after you get the engine and transmission mounted, there's a whole laundry list of stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, and it just kind of goes into it. Like, is it easy? Is, is it easy or is it... It's funny kind of because the like of that. last year, every LS swap was dismissed. It's like, oh, another LS swap, another LS swap. Another. Now you're starting to see memes where it's like some goofy face. It's like when you find out it costs more than just the $450 for the motor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not near as simple and straightforward as it is just to pluck a, you know, a junkyard LS and just toss it in the hole. No, like there's so much more involved in it, and you're you're discovering that along the way on your on your journey, right? I mean, it's, oh yeah, you know, how much of a headache was it for you just to find exhaust manifolds that would work in your situation? Don't even get me started, right? I mean, how, ma- how many uh, versions did you have to go through? Literally, yeah, I bought the wrong because initially we were like, okay, the small. If you do not know, they made LSs. In many years, many configurations, they put it in everything: cars, trucks, vans, motorhome. Did it put in motorhomes? Literally everything. Some people say some of those that are not LSs that came in the cars are not LSs. They're LM7s. But there's a whole. Wow. It's a whole thing, and you can it can get very confusing. But for the most part, I got my manifold first of all just finding the manifolds that worked was a disaster i got the stock ones that came off the truck which i pulled my ls out of Mm -hmm. um didn't work it wasn't even like the space clearance between the engine and the what's it called the walls of the engine bay disaster um got rid of those and then i got the ones that you told me to get the ones from like the performance world yeah, they're like Heads. a hooker, like oh, a hooker cast manifold, manifold yeah. or and they're slimmer. You know, like they're slimmer. Like they supposed to fit better, yeah. but still no space in the room of the Jag, which you would think the Jag has a lot of space because it had a V twelve in it. It most definitely looked like it was going to be relatively simple, mm-hmm. but when you start actually putting the pieces in the hole, yeah, that you know V12 the story changes quite a bit, right? And that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty sort of like that's part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where like most people, most people like struggle with that part and that they just get lost. And then the project is just up for sale. Yeah. Cause you just can't get beyond that. Like, like your situation still with your exhaust manifold on the driver's side where the steering side is <laughs> like you, it's, it's not that it's not a direct bolt in kind of affair. Mm-mm. So I ended up going with C5 Corvette headers but specifically from 1997 to 1999 (laughs) yeah right and and so even that manifold from that that very specific Mm -hmm. corvette application still needs to be modified to work in your application Mm -hmm. i have to do a lot of clearancing hitting the the heads or the the headers to make sure like it kind of fit but even at that now the header dumps it's a center dump and so it dumps right on the steering 
call him. What kind of clearancing did you have to do? What would we refer to that as? Persuasion. <laughs> I feel like there should be a different way of calling it. <laughs> I don't know because I initially impact. Impact. Yes, I impact use clearancing hammers uh, to you know persuade the metal to bend it to my uh, wishes. Yeah. As Rob would say, yes. for a whole yes. day. Yes, we heard you in the parking lot hammering and hammering. hammering. I'm like, what oh in the God. hell is this guy doing? Yes. So that was not fun, no. and I did not know that. This is the thing about also learning about cars. I did not know that you're supposed to, if you're hitting those headers, you're supposed to heat them up first before hammering, so they don't crack. Which Tim and Rob told me after I had done all the after hammering. an hour of. What the hell is that noise? Yeah. What is that And then that it's like sound? Elvis is clearancing his headers. I'm like, oh my. Then you came in. I can't believe you didn't break them. I know. Thank God. Jesus is on my side. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You must have done something Jesus right, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what dudes, I said. Bro. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it is just a up. It's just the up and down. Like there's just momentum. You're like, oh, this is going to work. And then you just get hit with. How long did it no. take you to get the headers? Like to fit? No, to get them. Oh, I forgot about that too. I had to wait for a while for them to arrive because I couldn't find them almost anywhere online. So that took a while. So it just from a, oh yeah, you can get NLS swap done pretty easy, but then it spirals down a hole of just time waiting, custom hammering things. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's it's fair to call an LS swap easy by any in any in any way at all. Um, you'd have you'd have to be like extremely proficient, you know, at mechanics and and parts chasing and customizing to to be able to say, oh, it's easy, just you know, it's no big deal. I think it's easy it's, in certain it's, platforms. There's yep, there's a bunch sure. of there's a bunch of hurdles that get you get tossed in front of you while you're on your little journey there that you have to like over you have to overcome and like finding the right manifold for your application now was a hurdle in itself and then you had to wait however long it took for them to get there and then you still have to modify them that's just one little example of the journey of the ls swap right <laughs> yeah and like it's not the same for every single swap that there is mm -mm. like when we do the swap into steve 67 c10 we're not going to have the same problem as that no you know, because it's so uh, wide open. That would probably be the easiest. For real. And swap. that's why we're not that worried about it at all. Mm -hmm. But like your Jaguar is an entirely different thing. Like it's it's different. And every car is going to be different. And it's going to provide you with different challenges. You know, maybe, maybe you're lucky enough that every swap piece that you need is existing. Yes. But that's only fairly recent. Yeah, we're lucky. Like the swap we're really thing has lucky. always been like chasing parts. It's like before now. Like and not, it's only been like a few years, really, that you could get swap stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like before it was like, oh, you got to buy the motor, then you got to get an F body oil pan, and you got to mm -hmm. get this particular <laughs> yeah, yeah. Camaro's water <laughs> pump, and all this type of stuff to do it, which is like delay, delay, delay. And then if you got to buy that stuff new, it's crazy expensive. You can get it cheap, but you start to buy some of this stuff new, and it's expensive because these aren't parts that people are buying like how often do you replace your oil pan yeah. so when you're buying it from gm it's like 500 OEM cost yeah, yeah oem cost but now you can get like a holly swap pan and if you're swapping it into like muscle cars it's pretty easy mm -hmm. it is easy but you start getting into stuff like yours it's not easy yes like that's that's a good point you mentioned so it is 
less difficult or less challenging if you go for LS swap with a platform that came is, with a V8. Not just came with a V8, but that is loved by enthusiasts mm-hmm. that like to mess with their cars because chances are you have a part that was that they already sell off the shelf. Like yeah. if you're doing a BMW E90 LS swap or a BMW E30 LS swap, chances are if I Google it, it probably already comes up because there's so many enthusiasts that are into those cars. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be as difficult. But even still, it's expensive. It is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is expensive. So it's like the challenges come when you're trying to not do it expensively. Mm-hmm. So like even the E36 is like, then you start buying headers that are, twelve hundred dollars adapter plates that are this much money but you can do it cheap like what you did but then it's time yeah this thing's gonna take six months to do because everything's two weeks two weeks two Mm -hmm. weeks we know how it is and then it's frustrating there's lots of half finished ls projects for sale Mm -hmm. very true and with the ls swaps there's so many ways or routes that you can go with it too um we talked about uh in the previous episode which we got some good feedback from, but we talked about the, the, whenever, for example, if you're turning in your card to a custom shop and they tell you what, $4,000 for an LS swap, this is just an estimate or just versus like another shop that tells you it's gonna be like 15 grand and you go with that $4,000 shop, you get a $4,000 LS swap by the end of the day, if you even get your car back, but there's that's going to be what it is like it's a four thousand dollar early swap and so they're not going to use the best materials they're probably gonna half-ass a bunch of things and just make stuff work so make oh, it you work. can hack an ls into anything yeah. pretty cheap <laughs> if you want to use the stock ecu mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff you can do it yeah. inexpensively mm-hmm. but it's not going to be nice yeah so well, yeah. that's a big part of it, right? The, the the packaging, the repackaging of all the components. If you do decide to use the stock ECU, there's nothing wrong with that. Go ahead. If you if you're not asking more out of it than what that thing can provide, and you can even flash it. But like the wiring harness and everything that usually comes with that that you know that that parts truck motor and all that. I mean, it's it doesn't. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Who wants that? Like, (laughs) yes, of course you can use it. You can do it relatively cheap, but nobody really wants to do that. So the snowball grows. Like you decide you want to do this and then it just gets more and more and more expensive because you put something new next to something that's old or something that was intended for something else in there. And you're like, this doesn't, this looks like crap. I don't want this. And it's going to be another however much. That's a good and, and then the time spent too. That's also a good point you mentioned because I did that exact same thing because this is technically my second LS swap. The mm. first one was never done, <laughs> was never completed. And I was trying to use, to make it as cheap as possible. Um, and so I watched all the videos. I was like, I could do this freaking 1200 bucks. I got the engine for 600 bucks, transfer yeah. 600 bucks, wanted to do it. Got it came with a wiring harness. I was like, sick. I don't even need to buy yeah. a Holly. I could do this on my own. And so I re I cut the whole harness apart, took the ones out. I didn't need, I repinned the whole harness and it still didn't, I used it, which is also my fault. Not I'm thinking. I, first of all, didn't know the best way to do things at the time. And so I reused even all the plastic, what do they call them? The, the sh- what do they call them? Like the sleeving? The Is sleeving. that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. I reused wire? all of that from the truck and it, it came terrible already. So I tried to clean it up, 
but it still looks like a 20-year-old part from yeah. a truck. And so I ended up, even for this swap that I'm doing, so I ended up taking the engine and trans out of that old Jag and cleaning it up and making it look nice, putting it in this new Jag. And even though, yes, I did test the harness and it started up first try, first try. I saw the video to prove that <laughs> It too, was so pretty sick. Like was I was had a fire extinguisher just in you. case. And I started up, I had to, what's it called? Rewire, not re, what did they call Reprogram the ECU, yeah. delete the vehicle anti-theft system, VATS and a bunch of other things. Um, and it worked first try, but I still had that brain that thing of like i don't know if i trust myself to put this in a car that i'm going to be daily driving forever like <laughs> and it didn't look nice when compared to the engine that i've already just refinished so i refinished the whole engine um and it looks nice and it just the wiring harness just looks not nice and so <laughs> i ended up going still the sort of cheap route ish but i ended up still spending like 200 and something dollars buying an ebay harness um so yeah, even at that, I'm still spending money. And mm -hmm. and so it just always, it never stops. It never ends. And so, yeah. It's, no, all the, it's all the little stuff that, like, trying to adapt to your fuel system, tying into the wiring harness. And then now what are you working on? All your coolant lines. Yep. These are different sizes, trying to repurpose your Jaguar radiator and all this type of stuff. That's, like, if I was to give any kind of advice is i would buy as much swap stuff as you can afford yeah <laughs> so like we did the 67 chevelle and even it was somewhat of a challenge because we're adapting a tremic transmission that was on a big block zz502 to the back of an ls so there's a bunch of adaptation things there but we were able to buy the motor mounts which made it super easy to place the motor we were able to buy the in-tank fuel pump that made the fuel system super easy nice and it was cake yeah. Like literally you could do it in two days. Wow. Like the biggest challenge was adapting the exhaust because we had to change because I had a full stainless three inch exhaust, a little bit of work there. And then that adapting the transmission. So it was pretty easy. But the way when you're trying to retain all and reuse stuff. all these things, it's like your Jaguar's standard or Imperial. Mm -hmm. All your LS parts <laughs> are metric. So you're trying to go from metric to standard and there's always all these little roadblocks and you're going from AORB to AN to this. And it's like, that stuff is frustrating. It's super so frustrating. Annoying. So annoying. Because it's always like a fitting. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we're ready to fire. Oh no, we forgot this fitting. We yep. And then you're trying to take your aftermarket gauges and all those. Oh gosh, I haven't even thought about that yet. Oh. Sensors and adapt them all to an LS oh. because most of that stuff doesn't come it's no. all meant for like small block Chevys mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in that format. And then it's all adapted to metrics. So the half the time your adapters have to cost what the gauge cost you. Mm -hmm. So it's like that stuff is just annoying. Yes. But if you can do a bunch of them, it gets easy because you know what to watch for. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's crazy. Like what you're trying to do is probably one of the worst ones. <laughs> And it's funny because you would think I would learn from the first time I did this uh, because I did it with the other Jag that I had, the black 1972 XJ. Now I'm doing it with the white 1976 XJ. So pretty much it's almost the same on the interior. Everything is, and that in itself was a disaster. And even, I feel like I'm learning just from the advice of you guys of it's like, for example, I think I talked about this maybe in a previous podcast, but the fuel system, for example, like we're talking about adapting fuel system old to new. Mm -hmm. It had a surge tank in it from the factory. I was like, yo, this is sick. But adapting all of that 
to the LS stuff. Oh my gosh. It was just <laughs> gonna be, it was doable. And I started it, but, and Tim told me, but I was like, yeah, I'll adapt it, it'll be fine. But after I looked at it, looked at it for a while, I'm like, yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth the hassle of trying to adapt all of that stuff and hoping that it all works together in a way that not only looks good, but I mean, it performs fine uh, without any issues, no leaks, all that. It was just too much of a hassle. Mm -hmm. um, and so I decided to get rid of that. Another part that I just was looking at yesterday, I was like, I'm probably gonna get rid of this. You also told me to get rid of it before, oh, but I was this? like, I'm gonna keep it. I literally just <laughs> decided I'm gonna get rid of it today. Yesterday was the, um, I think it was like an overflow tank. So the coolant overflow tank slash, it's, it's connected in a way that it, it, uh, it routes to the heater hose and then routes to the coolant overflow tank. Like they connected the whole system in a very interesting way. Mm. You're talking so, Jaguar, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, it, it's so complicated. It's, I'm like, why didn't they just make it simple and just run straight hoses from the, from the heater hose to the car's heater system? And it was way more complicated than it needed to be. So yesterday I was like, I'm just gonna eliminate this and just save myself all of the burden of adapting all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that those are just some of the challenges that not like it just takes time. It especially if you're trying to adapt stuff. Um, and so as much as people think it's easy, yes, it is. But on an obscure platform like a Jag, it is not easy. No, well, and, and there's I think still a lot of fabrication and little knickknacky things yeah. that you got to do that aren't easy. Mm -hmm. Like it's tedious. I, yeah, how many I mean, things? How many for, things you brought to my fab table where I'm just like, <laughs> zip, zip, you know, little cut, little weld, and here you go, Elvis. Mm -hmm. This this will save your day. And like you, you can't buy stuff like that. No, like you I, have yeah, to so have it. So it's easy made. if you have a shop and if you have ability and if you have tools. It's none of it's nothing that you can't overcome, but it's not easy. You're not doing it in a weekend. No, like I mean, we probably could do it in a weekend, but it's not going to be easy we have all the stuff if you don't have all the stuff it's not a weekend because mm -hmm. you're going to be chasing stuff and there's so many things to consider like even if you're doing it super cheap and you got a truck intake now you can't close your hood so now you got to get a slower profile intake you got to do all nah, these things just cut a hole if you're those guys if you're that internet kid yeah 100 percent. just leave the hood cut off. a hole man just leave, leave the hood off. off yeah leave Sick. the hood off weight saving save money yeah it's amazing <laughs> you know I think one of the hardest things about doing the LS swap is sort of committing to the path that you de that you decide to go on. Like, you know, if you just decide to do like, like as the example, if you decide to use the truck intake, because like, you know what, this thing flows really good. It makes great power. It kind of doesn't look the best, but it exists. And you have to cut a hole in your hood. Like, do you want to commit to doing that? Yeah, that's full send, man. That's full I mean, commitment. That's only one hurdle, Whoa. though. Yeah, that's just one little thing. So I think commitment to the course of action, I think, is one of the hardest things to do in any kind of project. And an LS swap is no different. It's it's very, very difficult. Like you said, fuel system surge tanks and radiator hose, you know, overflow and all of these things. Like, of course, you can adapt all these things. It's not that difficult to do. You're waiting for parts. You're you're having to source all that out but dude just commit at the very beginning to just doing it all at once that's a hard thing to swallow it is because now you're thinking okay now my ls swap just went from being this low number budget build to something that's double the price yep 
and you're like, oh <laughs> shit, man, like that's like, a hard one. I would say the only thing that it's cheap to put an LS into is another GM product. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can bolt an LS to a turbo 350 or turbo 400, any of those little five speeds. That's the only thing it's cheap to put it in. Because you put it in anything else, like a 350Z or a 240SX, and it's like, now you're breaking transitions and half shafts, and it just, we're only talking engine stuff. There's all these other things that go down the line that are gonna become problems because of your LS. Mm -hmm. Cooling system, all kinds of stuff. Like, everything has to change. Mm -hmm. So it's not an easy thing, it's a huge commitment. Like, if you're putting it in a, you know, an OBS, no problem, you put yeah. that thing in in an afternoon. <laughs> Like pull that old Vortec out, LS straight in. Then it's easy. That's the only thing it's easy. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speaking about commitment too and how it not being easy, but talk, we're doing, we have a few LS swaps or LSs at the shop. One of them is the infamous Skylark that uh, Rob oh. has been working on for a while. And that is an LS swap. The whole engine mm -hmm. came complete. Like it came complete. It's a yeah. Wagner supercharged, eleven hundred yeah, and something horsepower, horsepower on pump gas, fourteen hundred on race gas. But it's going to be a pump gas car. But even that car, you've had to modify so much just to make that work. There's nothing you could reuse to put that motor in. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, no. That like you need five eighths fuel line. You need a crazy fuel system to feed that. That's one aspect. You need standalone ECU. There's another one. The cooling, we talked about, discussed yeah. this morning. You yeah. need a crazy radiator because you're making a ton of heat. We need another heat exchanger for the air to, or the air to water under the supercharger. So that's another layer. And then we got to put the AC condenser in there. We got to put an oil cooler in there. Giant drive shaft, giant diff. And if we want to make the full horsepower, we need what two-inch primary header, two-inch primary oh headers, minimum three-inch exhaust. If we want to get all the power out that we paid for, so that's a new, brand new everything. Yeah, brand new everything. Mm -hmm. It's probably about the hardest, the hardest you could possibly go. Yeah, because you're pretty much building a car from scratch at that point. Because yeah. everything for that car, because we were or it, the owner wanted it to be as powerful as possible. So you have to build everything to tailor to that LS. Yeah, so you're not breaking it immediately. Mm -hmm. So you could take that Wagner 100% and put it in whatever you got that's existing. But I don't know, pick something. Put it in a Corvette. And you start jamming 1,132 horsepower through <laughs> everything else that's not built for it. You're going to be broken the same day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to build in a, a margin of safety. Mm -hmm. So like our trans is built drive shaft will be built i think our rear diff's built for 2000 horsepower and then you mm -hmm. got 13 and a half inch wide wheels because there's no traction control so you got to try to get this thing to hook up and be somewhat safe but yeah it just snowballs it's crazy because mm -hmm. yeah there's limitations like we've talked about in our little horsepower podcast is like as soon as you want to go over suit and limit everything doubles or even triples in cost yeah law of diminishing returns yeah so 500 mm -hmm. horsepower Stay right there. Yeah. If you want 750, it's going to cost you double. You want anything over 750, it's going to cost you four times as much. Wow. So in working on that car, did you expect half of the work that you were going to do? Well, I, you can, you can, we've, we've kind of been doing this long enough now that I can kind of anticipate that there's going to be 
things that need to be addressed more so than like Tim was just describing. Like it's not just a standard LS3 anymore. So it's not that simple. Like every single component needed to be considered. Okay, this is a real, this is a really, really serious powertrain and everything else needs to be done. So it's required, you know, all of us to kind of sort of learn, okay, well, for an example, like, okay, well, we can't just use a normal drive shaft that you'd have in a, in a standard muscle car, because that's not going to be good enough. It's just fucking explode. So we've had to learn like, okay, now we need a special drive shaft that can handle said amounts of power, the diff, the every single aspect of it is something that we've had to learn. And yeah, I mean, even just, exhaust, just the, even the exhaust headers that you were struggling with, <clears throat> we're at the absolute opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> because we have to have two inch primaries. Nobody makes it for it. Mm-hmm. We have a roaster shop chassis. We've channeled the body over the frame. So that changes the dimension. So a lot of these store bought ones that you can buy are which tailored to are tailored to a stock sort of chassis in a stock setup, stock engine placement. And then because we channeled the body over the frame to try to, you know, tuck that frame in there and get rid of it. And then most of the stuff that's two inch primary is generally catering to drag racing. It's all, so it's all racing long stuff, tube right? stuff. So would you say we don't want long tube mm-hmm. because we need ground clearance. So now we're building custom stainless two inch headers, yeah, which is immensely expensive and time consuming. We had to have it 3d scanned so that we could get equal length because we want to get all the power we paid for. So it's created a completely different, a much more expensive version of what you had going on, but it's still the same problem is like, we got to get all of this out of there. So now we have to build custom headers, which are, a pain in the ass yeah that's crazy though that you would think knowing what that car is that a system already exists with two inch primaries and all of that well like long like you said like you're dragging them on everything and we don't want those problems yeah there's only like three different manufacturers manufacturers essentially there might be more but like you know you found like three different sort of sets of two inch primary headers that will that will work that will flow but they're all long tube, you know, they, they, they require a lot of space. And because of all the issues that we, that, that we build, that we're building to, like the body drop, the everything that we're doing, we don't have room for those. They mm-hmm. don't, there's not even an option. And again, same situation as you have, but opposite end, they're, you can't get them. They're built to order because not a lot of people need them. Oh, okay. So they're immensely expensive. Like, I think the cheapest set I came across was probably $4,000 US and then six to eight week delivery time. Oh, gosh. So then now it's just makes more sense for us to make, make our it own yourself yeah. because there's no advantage to ordering them because there's a loss of time and the expense is almost relative to what it would cost them for us to make them from scratch. Yeah. And we would just have to modify this shit out of them anyway. So, right. it was- so it's, they don't suit our needs. So that's one of those things. It's like time over money and like money over time. So it's you know but you got to determine it so you get all this in there and then that's when that starts to happen and then if it's six or eight weeks that's fine for you if you're a home builder you're like Mm -hmm. oh whatever man i've been working on this three years but if you're a customer yeah and it's like hey it's going to be two months to get your headers before we can carry on and make your exhaust it's like that's you know extra time again and so but if you stay in the middle you're good you get those corvette manifolds (laughs) be sensible (laughs) done we could have had it done in two days yeah now i'm also thinking about the ls swap that you guys did in the 
Chevelle? Chevelle, yeah. yeah. Because you had to take that motor out and you had it in like a few hours. That motor was completely set up in the AN mm -hmm. and we have an overhead gantry crane and I have experience. So I re and read that motor because of that pinched O-ring on the pickup tube in five hours, four and a half hours. Yeah. That's not normal though. No, okay. Because if you're doing hose clamps and all that kind of stuff, it's not as fast and it's not as easy. That motor was set up nice. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, that's just part of like the commitment to the the path that you're traveling. Like, if you know, and like us, we're we're a functioning business, and we're like we know at some point in time, there's very likely going to be re servicing required. So you build that in. Like our experience tells us, make it so that it's not going to be an issue if this ever needs to come out. And we don't just do it just for ourselves. We, we do say it, it so to that, you all the time, so that our <laughs> customer can go to any shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah and have it done like we're not just trying to like you know be married to these people forever they can take this these vehicles anywhere they want we can be proud of the work that we've done and anyone's going to be able to jump in there do the job required put it back in and it's gonna function the way that it's supposed to because that's the so, single biggest thing that we fight all the time when working on a lot of stuff is the complete lack of consideration for the next guy. Yeah. yeah. Even yourself, because a yourself. lot of the time, so you're, you're the next guy. So like, if I'm doing something, it's like, and if we've done a good job, it's coming back at some point. Mm -hmm. Like even that one, it came back because of some, like literally a $3 part that I had to pull the engine out for. God, that's so Change annoying. the O-ring, put it back in. Then it was perfect because he wasn't getting the oil pressure he was looking for. But if I had just slapped it in there and not worried about you know having to ever have to service this thing it could have been a nightmare mm -hmm. but because we put the forethought into it did everything right and we tell you like okay well how are you going to fix that like how are you going to put that in <laughs> once the motor's in yeah. Yeah, yeah and then you just can't and a lot of stuff's built that way and it's a nightmare yeah. and it's and, bit and us in the ass and that's why we stopped doing it like we used to build these crazy paneled up show bikes and cars and this and that and it's like uh, literally every single time i swear to god it was never anything big it was like a five dollar air valve and it's like i gotta take half the bike apart <laughs> for five bucks mm -hmm. so we just stopped doing it now we build stuff that's smarter because the mechanicalness is part of the aesthetic as well and we build it in every time yeah so you see us cutting and welding fittings and changing angles and like just so you can get tools in and do what you need to do and it's a lot of time but it pays off in the long run mm -hmm. yeah yeah, because I've done that uh, on on like the, even the previous engine swap or whatever that I've done. I don't think or I guess I don't put the thought in of like, oh, maybe I'm going to need to service this at some point. And I end up locking myself into a corner and mm -hmm. where, like you said, you have to take off half of what you've done in order to get to this part that you need to just and it's a little thing that you need to change or modify. Yeah. And that's just it. It's like when you get into this, this swap and you get in the project like yes it is easier if you just do it in a way where you know like say you're running wires or hoses or something from point a to b in the straightest possible shot po that you can do it what's going to happen down the line is you're going to like you just said you're going to back yourself into a corner where like now oh what if i need to take that piece off but you have things kind of interacting in it and kind of locking it in, in place. And you're like, oh shit, now you gotta take apart everything or you gotta cut apart things that you already did. And that's when things start getting hard is like for thinking a little bit deeper down the road is where a lot of time gets spent. Even when I was working on wiring too yes. <laughs> for my for the jack, I was like, oh, the first time around, I just put things everywhere like 
if it's a wire that needs to run from point A to point B, mm-hmm. I take the shortest way possible and send it through anything that I'm passing. I call that one way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a good that's a good way of calling it. Like yeah. Because I just dealt with this from a previous person that we had working here that no longer does is like the first time you do it, you put all your best effort in, but then when you're having to go back and do little things or mm-hmm. additions, and it's like you get lazy and you just go from point A to point B. <laughs> yes. And then I had to go in and try to do something else. And it's like, I got all these wires. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, and I'm like, I can't even see what I'm trying to look at. So it's like, we have all this beautifully loomed, perfect stuff. And then there's just these, like <laughs> spider a spider web, web of one ways. Yes. And it's just like, oh, and then you mm-hmm. go to reach in there and you're unplugging something or tugging a wire out and it's just, don't do it. Yeah. So I get it all that. out of the way. And it was a disaster. And, and so, the worst oh. is when people don't put plugs in. Plugs? What kind of plugs? Yeah. Like uh, hardwiring stuff in. Mm-hmm. Oh. So then you go to service it and we got to take a fender off because it got damaged. And then you have to cut it. Off. You have to cut the wiring <laughs> to take the fender off. Yep, and you're yep. like, you could have just put a, a plug, disconnect there, a disconnect. So this could be easy, which we ultimately ended up doing in this particular project. We did a lot of that so that it's serviceable because the car does come back yep. and he's come back for upgrades. And then there was never a problem with the actual wiring. It's just that it's hardwired and it's not serviceable. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I want an oil cooler in my car. You're like, okay, cool. You go, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Cut the wires, and then yep. now you got to put weather packs on, and it adds to a whole thing, but it should have been done the first time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what exactly what I did when I was trying to take off this engine or remove some stuff from the old stuff to put into this new Jag. I literally had to, after I had rewired everything, I had to cut so much that I did off. Like every, almost everything. Like I just have to weep and just, yeah. I was like, why didn't I just make this easy? Even like connectors, for example, even like headlight stuff or like putting things between the firewall and the, and the inside of the car, like the, all the, like the headlights, because I had to do a whole like headlight rewire, everything. But I just ran it straight from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from man, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, because like making it easy oh. is oftentimes very hard. Yes. Yeah. So an LS swap can be easy. It can be. But if it's well thought out, mm-hmm. you use as much stuff that somebody's already well thought out. Yep. You do your research, buy those swap parts. Cause most of them, like you're trying to save money. I understand, but it's not saving you any money. Nope. Trying to make that stuff yourself. You're going to get so heavily invested in hours and you're just going to fight it. Yep. So. You get that stuff that's made for your car that positions this thing properly then you know that it's in that's your jumping off point because you can get the motor in no problem Mm -hmm. like you just drop it in there put it on its mount and then start solving each progressive problem and then you can make that decision with you want to wait two weeks to get parts off ebay or if you want to buy those 600 dollars swap headers because it (laughs) just makes more sense Mm -hmm. but if you're not in a hurry save money yeah awesome i think that's anything else don't cut corners. Yes. Don't cut corners. Do it right the first ass. time. Do it right the first time. <laughs> put plug, put plugs in so you don't have to cut your wires. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we will see you guys oh, next week. So thank you so much for watching this. And 